0: Episode 109 of Shanlin on Batman. Today in the show, we have the director of many DC animated movies such as Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2, Assault and Arkham, The Flashpoint Paradox, and more. He has also worked in recent DC films such as Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, and Justice League as a
1: storyboard artist. Welcome back to the show, Jay Aliva. So you did some work with. Um, you, you storyboarded Wonder Woman. Mm hmm. Can you talk about the collaborative process that with Patty Jenkins? was she very collaborative? Did she have her own set of ideas? or did she come to you and say, "Just go wild?" And can you tell us what um, storyboard sequence what sequences you did storyboard? Uh, okay. Um, well, initially,
2: I was hired to help out the original director, which was Michelle McLaren. So Michelle was working off of, uh, from what I believe is the the uh, like a draft of the the story kind of outline that Zach had had kind of you know kind of laid out. So I was working with Michelle for about a month, and then that's when I had heard that she'd stepped back and they were getting a new director. So I was put on hold for about a month, and then I, I and this was like in April. So by June, that was when I met Patty. Um, and you know, we, we hit it off. We, we, uh, I, I told her I was a big fan of hers and she, uh, she told me she wanted me to do the Themyscira sequence. So I did the, the beach battle with the Themyscira and uh, Amazons versus the, uh, um, the Germans. And my initial, when she told me that, I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, I really want to make this pre- Saving Private Ryan, but with World War One and Amazon, let's try to do that. So that's what we we tried to do. So that's what I was that's what I initially did but then they called me back for reshoots um shoot what was this uh, uh last year um to do reshoots and I did the end Aries fight so the so I I went in there and I did the Aries fight at the end so I I I had watched an earlier cut that Patty had put together and then um based upon um Zach's notes, myself, as well as Damon Caro, who's the second unit director, who's also the fight choreographer uh, for all of Zach's movies and also on Wonder Woman, uh, we kind of came up with what well, we we can shoot. The only the only drawback was that um, Gal was going to be pregnant, so there were some things that um, she couldn't do, and uh, you know, so I just tried to do as best as I could, and then I just told Patty, like, you know, you let me know whether or not you know we can cover this up with a with a stunt double or face replacement but I'm just gonna try to come up with something some cool stuff because they wanted to really bump up the, the fight sequence with Ares
1: wow I didn't I didn't know that final sequence was here. so did you did you storyboard the moment where she is looking and you with with uh with Steve Trevor when they're having that moment was that you or is it just oh, all- no,
2: that was already done so I think another board artist had done so like I said they, there was already a cut of the film that I had seen Um and you know what they wanted to add was was, was uh, more of Ares, the god of war, kind of fight. So I had seen what what Patty had kind of laid out, like how it starts. We kind of cut. It's funny. We called that sequence the Casablanca sequence, where where she's got Steve, and yeah, uh, and then we would. And then what I did is I tried to find uh, areas that I can cut into, get back into the action. And kind of lead to the ending that you know where we we she has that final showdown. So I I kind of worked with the footage that she had as well as kind of adjusted some things that they then reshot.
1: So when you're storyboarding like Wonder Woman, how long or how many hours does it is it or or is it days to do storyboards? Let's kind of like get into that process. Uh-huh. I'm always interested in like the behind the scenes. Yeah. Is it like a long <laughs> drawn out thing where you're like you're you're doing some doodles you're illustrating and then you're like nope that doesn't work and you're doing it again and again and again or is it or is the director It's like i want i want this and we're gonna use this angle we're gonna do how let's talk about that
2: Uh, It varies. Every director is different on, on, on how they want to run things, and I'm usually fine with however they want it. Some directors, like for example, when I worked with Tim Miller, would give me a shot list. He would say, cut to this, you know, I want Deadpool to do this, and then cut to that. And then what would happen is, as I went through, if I felt that I needed to fill in some gaps, or felt like there were some other shots I needed, I would then provide that for Tim and say, hey, Tim, I added some reaction shots, or I I, I combine these two kind of shots into one camera move, kind of stuff like that. Because you know I'm also a director too, so I'm I'm more I'm more than happy to kind of like have a second pair of eyes, which is why a lot of directors like to work with me because, I um I, I am mean, a director, so I will be like, hey, why don't we try this? What about this? So um, other times though, like for example, when I work with Zack Snyder on Man of Steel, uh, Zack will just give me an impression of what he wants. He's like, okay, well I want something, you know, like oh, when we did the Smallville fight. You know, uh, you know, we we really wanted to, he really wanted this kind of western showdown, and so I just thought, well, you know, what do we have at our disposal? And originally they were just the Hueys, and I was like, you know, it'd be really cool if we had like an A-10. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so we added the A-10 sequence because I was just thinking, oh, you know, because I love the A-10 warthog, and just thought the idea of like blowing up the street would be awesome. And the great thing is that like you know, Zach, I, I love working with Zach because I can just throw out anything. I'd be like, hey, what about this? You know. Um, and, and he, you know, for the most part, he'll tell me if he likes it or not, but most of the time, you know, him and I have the same taste and, and, uh, for the most part and, and it was, you know, it's really kind of a fun collaborative process, especially like for the ending for Man of Steel, uh, he, he had come up with some ideas and they had kind of plotted it out and, and in the script, it was very different how, what you saw. So, you know, I like to say some of my contributions for Man of Steel was originally there was supposed to be like, um... Uh, battleships on the off show that, that was supposed to fire like a nuclear warhead but that was too much like Avengers right and so uh, or, originally in the script they just had the I think there was the the uh, the plane that had the, uh, the 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 ship on it on it that they were going to uh, you know try to turn on the engines and it was by itself and I told Zach you know I think it's kind of odd that you know the the Air Force would just send one plane as is Hail Mary and no defense whatsoever. And he's like, Well, what do you think? I was like, we should just have a shitload of F-22s. Oh, I'm sorry, my language. A crap. No, you, you, of- <laughs> you, you can you can say you can say so, that's okay. So, you know, I I we I threw out, why don't we just have a bunch of F-22s? Because I was like, that's kind of cool. In my head, I was trying to riff off of Independence Day. I was like, now how can I do a cool independence day like my version, at least in this alien attack? And uh and it helped, you know, because then, you know, it added a lot of kind of, it added the idea that, like, you know, the U.S. military, you know, was being smart about it, even though the, the, the weapons for the Kryptonians are way, you know, too powerful for them. But I wanted to kind of add that so that it felt like, okay, we were we we're going to throw as many planes as we could to protect, you know, our, you know, our kind of the asset. Um, and so I would, so Zach would, you know, we would throw out ideas like for Man of Steel and I... A lot of the stuff that we were talking, that they were talking about him and the and Damon Carr, the second unit director, uh, and um, a DJ who is also the uh, special effects supervisor, um, they had come up with these kind of ideas. Like if we wanted this to happen, and this happened, and this happened, and then I was like, well, "That's cool, guys," but you know. We, I did that, and we did that on All-Star Superman, or we did that on, you know, certain, a lot of the animated stuff that I had worked on, and he, they're like, oh, man. I'm like, you guys had done all the really cool stuff already. I'm like, well, if you, <laughs> I tell them, well, if you want, I, I could come up with something that I've never seen in live action, but I've only seen in anime, so if you want, I can go, and so Zach's like, well, you know, well, how long do you need? So I think I took about maybe a week, a week, and maybe some couple days, and then I, I came up with an animatic of like the pitch of the battle and so that's what you see yeah, i saw which basically i just wanted to do dragon Ball z one punch man uh just over the top uh um, kind of fighting um and uh and yeah and so i pitched it to him you know he he loved it you know everybody said that they've never seen it before and and uh, and, and that's where that's what i came from now when the final version that you saw was kind of a combination of what i had pitched to zach as well as what Damon and his stunt guys kind of also came up with. So there were some other shots that they had included. Uh, I wish I could take credit for the the scene where uh, he's punching him and he flies back and he catches him and punches him again. I didn't come up with that. They come up with that. But but I did do the scene where you know they 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 fly. You know uh, uh, Zod's cl- climbing up the the the, uh, the building and Superman's flying down. They hit the whole like you know um, all that stuff. So, <laughs> so so I did a lot of that. All that fight I had choreographed. So it
1: was fun. So, so did you did your start from the moment where we see the Zod? He's gonna he's gonna sh- try to shoot down the the one ship, and then Superman jump. Was that the well, beginning of your pretty sequence? Much,
2: pretty much. the only thing I didn't work on in in Man of Steel was I didn't do the Krypton sequence because Zack had already boarded that by the time I came in. So most from when the uh, Smallville sequence happens, you know where Zod. Zod has um, uh, Superman's mom, and Superman comes in and tackles him. I, I basically did from there almost to the end of the movie. Uh, the only times I didn't, the only things I didn't storyboard were like um, a lot of the talking sequences, which was funny because I thought Zach would want to do a lot of the action stuff, but I guess he's like, "Hey, I got a storyboard artist. I'm just gonna have him do it." And so Zach did a lot of the. He did most of the talking sequence. but then I ended up doing the uh, when Superman turns himself in and and goes to the the Black Zero. And uh, and then he and then uh, he frees himself and then and then uh, what's her face uh, Lois is up there and she gets attacked by Pharaoh. I did all that Lois the Lois escape Superman falling away from the you know the, in the Jesus pose but that was Zach's idea Zach's like I want to do this I was like okay and so I drew that out uh, and then the save when Superman saves Lois as it's, it's crashing um, that I tried to I tried to mimic a little bit more of, uh, a bit more of if you ever saw. Uh, Robotech or Macross I did the, the, the Lin Min Mei uh, Rick Hunter save where I wanted to do a thing where like Superman rips open the the rips open the, the pod and, and, and Lois kind of floats up ahead of it and then he kind of grabs her and, and cradles her just as it crashes so there's a little bit of that in there um, and then after that I did uh, Geez, uh, I'm trying to remember I did the oh yeah the world engine coming down and, and terraforming the, the, the planet uh, uh, the one in the Indian Ocean. I did the other one where the, the Black Zero is on the other end, and and it's smashing, um, smashing. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, Metropolis. And then the scene where I think uh, Perry White's running, and the, the the building falls, and they jump. on uh, The building is falling towards them. And they jump to the side as uh, as it all crashes on the street. And also, like I said, all the 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 fight sequence with the F 22s and. Yeah, I'm all over the place. You know, the Superman, so, yeah. when he's dead on the on the on the rock, and he reaches up, and the sunlight hits his finger. Um, I did all and all that stuff. The only thing I didn't do, like I said, I didn't do. Uh, I I basically did almost all the action sequences, and I ended with um, with them crashing into Grand Central Station. So I did the satellite sequence. So the idea is that because I was like, you know, we should really have them like throw them up into. I, I wanted to have the idea that that with the fight, and I know a lot of the critics were like, why doesn't he, you know, why doesn't Superman fly and and lead him to the Antarctic or someplace, you know, the moon? And I was like, well, if Superman leaves, Zod's, if you watch the movie, Zod said, you destroyed, you know, my my dream, so now I'm gonna kill everything that you love, which was all of us. So if Superman flew away, Zod would've been like, all right, let me just, I beam everybody and kill everybody, right? <laughs> Um, So I did throw in this thing where Superman tries to throw Zod into deep space. He tries to throw them into space, you know, so that way he could never come back. Because remember, at this point, um, there was no way to kill Zod. We didn't have Kryptonite. We didn't have, you know, there's no, we can't do, we don't have, we don't, we don't have this kind of special Fortress of Solitude room that turns, that takes away your powers. So I thought, well, you know, why don't we just throw Zod into space? You know, that way he keeps tumbling. And I like the idea that, that, uh. A satellite comes in and originally i had pitched that to be a lex uh satellite that 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 zod catches to and then kicks back at superman and then crashes back down at him uh and it wasn't until uh until i saw a test screening of it that zach was like oh i'm gonna make that into wayne industries and i was like well that's cool right and so <laughs> to a wayne Industries uh Industries uh, kind of thing but anyway so I, I worked on all that stuff so back to your question about the storyboarding process so uh it's mostly, if you want to be a storyboard artist, it is like 85% thinking and only 15% of the drawing part. Now, the drawing part is a very, there's a lot of drawings I do. I do thousands of drawings, especially when I work on my animated stuff. But the the thinking part is the hardest part. It's, it's the, the way I can only explain it, it's kind of like being a crime scene detective, right? A CSI where you know how it ends. And a lot of times the script just says, you know, cool shit happens here, like fight ensues and and then it just goes on with it. So you have to figure out, okay, well, what do I need, you know, in this, uh, in the scene to make it really feel like the audience will be satisfied. And that's the thing with these comic book movies is that um, the audience has a very preconceived notion of what they want and what they don't want to see. And so you have to be able to satisfy that because, again, a lot of times people are reading comic books and then comic books have some really great fight sequences in there. Um, and so you have to, you know, kind of have that same feel, but at the same time, add the texture of the live action feel to it, you know, so that's why for me, I love all those Hong Kong films and, uh, you know, I throw in as much, you know, especially when I do my Batman films, I try to do as much real life martial arts as I can and, you know, and and give it that authenticity, because for me, you know, Batman's like the ultimate ninja, so we got to make him a badass, you know, uh, so that's how I kind of like, that's my kind of way of kind of working it out how I work out my process. And then what I do is, I, you know, again, I talk to the directors. I get kind of, like, their initial what they want. And, again, sometimes the director has, you know, a shot list. Sometimes they don't. They'll be like, what do you you've got? What do you got any ideas? And then that's when I'll be like, okay, well, how about this? And I'll just show him. Oh, actually, we'll just talk about, you know, what they wanted to feel like. Sometimes it, the other thing I always tell people is you want to... Uh, know a lot watch a lot of films and 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 read a lot of books for ideas because a lot of times a director will be like I want this to feel like the ending for Terminator 2 or I want it to feel like this other movie And you got to know what they're talking about if not you just go out and just rent it or, or buy it and check it out But so what I try to do is I try to nail down at least the feel and the tone of what the director is looking for even if they don't know the shots, you know, like for example Patty isn't an action action director like she's not going to say like I want to do you know a roundhouse kick into an elbow into a throw or anything like that. She just she knows her character stuff very well and she knows how to shoot the you know where to put the camera. But she's going to rely on her second unit director, Damon Caro, who's going to come up with the fight choreography because and da- Damon he knows you know the fight choreography and what works and how to shoot it. And so the thing is with film and also with animation, it's a collaborative process. You have to rely on your crew a lot of times. And so that's why for the board artists, like what I do with the live action films is I'm like the first audience because the, the the there was actually one time when it was only Nolan, Zach, and myself were the only ones that knew what Man of Steel was going to look like. <laughs> 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 and and uh, and so a lot of times the, the storyboard artist is like the first kind of line in terms of questions that the audience will have. And, and you know, as the board artist, I have to kind of answer, it. I have to be like, well, what about this? why, why aren't we cutting to these characters? Why aren't we, why is you know Steve Trevor just sitting around? And so, you know while the Amazons are dying, okay, well, we need to figure out for something for Steve to do. Maybe, you know he he's able to disarm one of the Germans and now he's using the gun to kind of help help uh, you know defend the the Amazons. Okay, then I got to figure out some business to do that, you know. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff that like Bordar's they they have to kind of problem-solve. And and then, of course, we have to be able to draw it. And so we draw it and then we pitch it. And then, you know, that's when the producers are saying, uh, we don't have money to, for those shots or they'll say like, that's great, you
1: know, and then we move on to the next sequence. So Justice League, I've tweeted a few times, like I remember tweeting when, I went, when the first trailer came out and we saw Aquaman on the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted out, "Man, I really—that's really feels like something Jay would do." Was, <laughs> was that you? Was, did you do do that b- board when, with Aquaman? Aquaman on, top of the on the net? thing.
2: You know, I wish I could take credit for it, but no, unfortunately, <laughs> um, I my last really big contribution with Zach was BVS. Um, but then when when Zach was doing Justice League, he had actually boarded out pretty much the whole movie. Um, he had it all kind of storyboarded. So when they called me to help out on Justice League, they were already in the middle of shooting. So I came in very late because they had some additional photography that they wanted to kind of squeeze into the schedule to kind of fit in because there were some new sequences that they wanted to do. And so I, I came in and did that. So I did uh, mostly the ending. So there was a lot of stuff on the ending I did. uh that fight on the bridge with Steppenwolf versus Wonder Woman versus... Uh, Cyborg and Aquaman and and Wonder Woman smashes down and the bridge breaks. So I basically did from the time uh, those three got to that kind of like uh, nuclear reactor thing from there till the end. I had worked on a lot of that stuff in there, uh, but they did change it. There's a lot of stuff that's actually changed from what. So I did the scene that I think you see in all the trailers where Batman's jumping down from he's at the he's at the lip of that um, that reactor and he jumps down. I, I did that those shots. Um, but basically, I did a lot of the fight sequels with Steppenwolf versus Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg. Um, and then I did some sequences with Flash running outside. Um, and I didn't do the Batman. I, I just kind of alluded to what Batman could do outside, but they had already pre-visited out the Batman stuff by the time I came in, which was happening outside. Which is fine. I had done too much Batman, so I wanted to do some of the other stuff. <laughs> oh, and I also done I also did the return of Superman. So when Superman comes back... Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it, too bad. Superman comes back, but but when Superman comes back and he, you know, he uh, he uh, freezes the the axe. I did that. Also, the scene where he's like he just punching, like super punching um, Steppenwolf's face. Uh, I did that. That was just my callback to Kung Fu Hustle. There's a scene in Kung Fu Hustle that's exactly <laughs> like that. Um, and originally, there was supposed to, the ending was very different than than what you guys saw. So I was very uh, surprised at at how it had changed, but I thought it was still cool. I mean, it still worked out.
1: Oh, uh, if we only knew what that ending was. Um,
2: <laughs> so it was cool.
1: Ah uh, man, I really wish we knew. Yeah, uh, well, you know, maybe that's... someday.
2: Maybe someday. I don't know if they ever shot it, but if someday they'll release like you know the Zack Snyder cut or something, which would be cool. I'd love to. I'd love to see if they ever if they did. Uh, uh, you know, do those shots that I had wanted because there's a lot of things that they wanted to do, and plus it would it was it was going to connect to the later films. So I'm really curious of how they're going to connect that now that those scenes that I that I had done didn't show up at the end, how it's going to connect to the later ones. But you know, I mean, that's above my pay grade. I don't have no idea, <laughs> but I just I just you know again, it's one of those things where I'm happy to help out with whatever they want me to do, and if they call, I'm I'm always
1: available. Well, hopefully, because I remember we talked at. At length, last time about that nightmare sequence that you did oh, for yeah. and how amazing that that was. Um, so let's kind of transition from away from you know your storyboard. You are an excellent director. I've said it on social media millions of times. Oh, I thank millions, you but, <laughs> but how you should you should be one of those guys that is talked about for like these at live action films. I've said, you know, for a long time, I feel like. Team Titans is right up your alley, but then you said, "Well, if there was ever a Young Justice uh, live-action you know, film." Like, I psh.
2: would also love to do if Shazam. I mean, Shazam would be great. Hell, I'd even do Man of Steel three or, <laughs> or or anything with Superman. I think is always is always great. You know, I mean, they'll never let me touch Batman because I, I don't have an Academy Award or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> but you know, even if they gave me Booster Gold, I think I could probably do something <gasps> cool. That'd
1: be cool. Know? I I think I po- I posted a photo of Booster Gold and Jason Siegel, and everyone's like, oh my god, that's perfect. So I was like, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, booster booster, yes, let's let's see that happen. But you are an amazing filmmaker. Like Dark Knight Returns is the quintessential when it comes to these DC animated films. But we talked about that previously. So one of the other fan favorites that people talk about all the time is assault on arkham now i watched that three times in the last three days i've watched it every day like before going to work i was like man
2: wait so you didn't watch it during christmas time because it's a christmas movie you know It is a Christmas movie. Did you catch it? There's all this. It's happening during Christmas. If you look, uh, when uh, Deadshot brings Harley to Arkham, the security guard has a little Christmas tree. Uh, Also, you know, uh, what's a Joker? He's whistling jingle bells as he... I forgot what he was doing. But we, we threw in as many... Like kind of hints that it's Christmas without actually saying that it's Christmas, uh, mostly because I again I've said this in other interviews and uh, maybe you've caught it or didn't is that that movie I homaged Die Hard like crazy throughout yep. it. So and Die Hard is like my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> so <laughs> you should watch Die Hard and then watch my film during Christmas. <laughs>
0: it's gonna become a new staple now.
1: <laughs> yes, it should. <laughs> um, there is there is another Christmas uh, Easter egg that you put in. There is a moment where Batman, like, you know, shoots this thing, pulls the, like, and it rips that brick from behind, knocks the guy out. That was that an homage to Batman Returns? Oh, of course. Yes, uh-huh. it's a
2: it was like a it's a combination of the RoboCop scene and RoboCop 1 and of course the Batman Returns because I love to me Batman Returns is my favorite of of the uh, of the Keaton films. Uh, it's, it's because I can, I still love watching it just cuz for me the other thing that it's kind of a, if you notice if you're a fan of my stuff is a lot of my movies take place where it's either raining or snowing because I just love seeing Batman in the snow, because there's just something really cool about that. And and one of the things that if I ever got to do Spider-Man, you know, I would love to have a scene, you know, you know spider mans New York, and it's wintertime, and he's shivering, and he's cold, but he's still going out trying to fight crime, because I think there's something really cool about showing superheroes and not just sunny days and nighttime, you know, I always like the idea of having weather kind of to kind of help establish the tone and the mood but also give it something different you know like wolverine in the snow fighting ninjas is
1: always awesome you know yes (laughs) definitely (laughs) (laughs) so how did with assault on arkham how did that project percolate for you because that is such a fan favorite i know so many i see so many people on twitter on facebook say that that is their quintessential suicide squad film like there's a live-action Suicide Squad. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but there's a live-action version of Suicide Squad. But a lot of people are like, even when I posted, like, a, like I just posted like the cover of Assault on Arkham, I had like three or four people say, "This is the Suicide Squad film that I've always wanted," and this is like the like the number one. So, how did that movie? How did Assault on Arkham? Uh, how did you get involved in that project?
2: Uh, well, what's funny is that. Um I don't get to choose my projects. I just it's it's on rotation. So uh, it's sometimes like for example, at the time it was between myself and Ethan Spaulding, So uh, you know, for example, I did Justice League War. Ethan did uh, Justice League War Two, uh, Throne of Atlantis, and then I ended up doing. Ethan did Son of Batman, which is the the first of the trilogy, and then I ended up doing Batman vs. Robin. So we kind of switched off. <laughs> But, uh, so it's just luck of the draw. I mean, I think the way that they choose this is it's, I'm not involved in it, but I, from what I understand, it's mostly Bruce Tim, James Tucker, uh, the head of Warner Brothers, uh, home video and, and a bunch of other executives. And they basically talk about like, what would be cool to come out, you know, you know, and they'd be like, what about Dark Knight Returns? Uh, how about a two-parter? Or how about, you know, and, and you just throw out ideas and, and home Video's like, oh, that sounds like a good idea because, you know, for example, there's, you know, we have a Green Lantern movie coming up, so why don't we greenlight Green Lantern Emerald Knights to come out around the same time, you know? So they always try to figure out ways to try to match what's coming out uh, in the live action films. So I just lucked it out because I've been a huge fan. I think out of everybody in the creative team, at least in terms of the heads, a lot of my board artists had played the game, but I think I was the only one that actually played Assault, I mean, uh, played the uh, Arkham Asylum games, you know? Um, And, uh... And so when I got it, I was like, this is awesome. I'm so jazzed. And I wanted to do, I, I had initially read the first script, uh, first draft of the script that Heath Corson had written. And there was a, there were some things that I thought, well, you know what? I really want to direct this differently than what I normally do. You know, and, you know, if you notice all my films, I try to direct it very differently. I mean, there's a lot of action, of course, but I try to give it a different flair. So for this one, I try to do a very Guy Ritchie kind of Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, that kind of feel to it and the way it's, we edited the music and and kind of like how it progresses. Because for me, uh, you know, when I got the strip, script, I went over to James Tucker's office and I said, James, I want to direct this like a, you know, Guy Ritchie film and I want to make it a heist film. Like, uh, I want to really make it feel like a heist film. And so, you know, luckily he said, sure, let's try it. And so, you know, I went in. Uh, for example, a lot of the changes that I had made was the opening uh, when you saw the the little kind of uh, montage of them of them getting captured. Originally, it wasn't like that, I, but I wanted to do this whole thing where you freeze frame, and I wanted to show how each one got captured. Like they were in the middle of some kind of heist or something happened, and they got, and you find out how they get captured, um, and. Uh, and I wanted to do it in like a very, like I said, a very stylistic way, and 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 you know, and it's very different than from the original draft of the script that I'd done, I, uh, the way it was originally written. Uh, I wanted to make King Shark just the most like scariest like serial killer ever, like I think originally King Shark was like they, they just, I think he was just fighting in a, in like a prison yard or something like that. He was like it was like a bunch of inmates, and they're on the prison yard, and they're all screaming. King Shark there, and he's fighting some guy. I, I think It's either that or or KG Beast was that way. I don't remember. I'm a little confused. It's been a while. It's been like five years, four years. Um, But uh, I wanted to make him more like Hannibal Lecter, like, Really weird. So I, I basically, we basically came up with the scene where they go. It's like Miami, Florida, and the cops bust in. And you see all those those legs dangling, and then you see him in a tub of of blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just rises <laughs> up out of, and he's naked. I just thought, oh, that's cool. That's it's a cool King Shark. And plus, uh, James was the one who w- wanted King Shark to not be like the way he is in the comics, which was just a shark, you know, with legs and arms. Uh, which was funny because you know the Flash TV show. He looks great in the flash TV show as just basically you know a shark with arms and legs and stuff. So we wanted we we reared away from that into more of a mutant. Uh, mostly because again, a lot of the clue, uh, a lot of the cues we were taking were from the uh, video game. So the video game, you know, it didn't quite fit the aesthetic to have a shark dude, at least not, you know. At the time, it didn't feel like it. So we tried to design it around so it still fits within the the universe of the the video games.
1: I have one more question. I know Kyle wants to ask a few questions, but I have one more question about the actors. One of our favorite, Kyle and I's favorite uh, TV shows is The Shield, and CCH Pounder is Amanda Waller. Oh, yeah. So hearing her voice for the first time like she has this very distinct uh voice so hearing her so I, I watched this like many years ago but i was like it's claudette Wims. oh my like i love the shield <laughs> yeah so what was it like working with an actor or actress with her pedigree because she is amazing in everything she does like i'm just like I'm jealous. You got to be like in the like the midst of her greatness. Was it like working with her?
2: It's great. I mean, all the actors that we get to work with. I mean, one of the things that I'm very fortunate with when I was at Warner Brothers was that we 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 got some really top notch talent to do our voices. You know, even the ones who aren't like, you know like, super big-name, like, live-action actors, uh, but who do a really good job. Like, for example, Troy Baker as as Joker in this is... Yes. Uh, it's really good. It's like, it has a little bit of Mark Hamill in it, but a, but more of an edge to it. So uh, a lot of our actors were really great all around the, the board, you know, and, uh, and Waller, in, you know, in particular was... It was really good. I remember when we did the, the recording session with her, like, you know, usually we have to go through different takes and, and try to kind of get the uh, uh, the kind of uh, voices that we want. But she was nailing it. I mean, of course, you know, she knows Waller like the back of her hand. So she did a really great job of uh, kind of really bringing Waller to life.
1: If you've never seen The Shield, I, I highly <laughs> recommend it. It's amazing. So my favorite... It's my favorite show, then it's The Wire. So go ahead, Kyle, take it away.
0: Yeah, so kind of just building off of the the talent we were just talking about. Uh, When you're in the early stages of playing these movies, do you ever have like a talent in mind for a character or is that something that's done a little bit later into the the development process?
2: Uh, It it varies. Sometimes, um, you know, the producers already have ideas or publicity will have ideas. Um, you know, luckily being the director, I'm in on those meetings, so at least I can chime in. Like for example, I wanted to have Peter Weller as as uh, as one of our choices for uh, for Batman. You know, uh, because I had just seen him doing these RoboCop like uh, the RoboCop statue. Uh, kind of like PSAs that they were doing at the time to try to raise money to to make a RoboCop Cup statue, and I was like, man, Peter Weller still sounds like you know, still <laughs> sounds like he did that. And then, it, but his it gravelly is more just kind of really had more gravitas, and I thought that sounds like an old Batman to me, you know. Okay. Uh, so a lot of times we, you know, they already have a list, but then I'll just throw in my like, hey, what about this? So for example, uh, um, Batman Bad Blood for Batwoman. Uh, I, I had always wanted to um, work with that actress. I'm blanking on her name right now. Uh, Yvonne Strahovski. I love Yvonne. Yvonne on Chuck. I've always been a huge fan, and uh, and I've always and uh, throughout all my films, I kept trying to figure out. I want to. I want to bring Yvonne in, but what's a good part for her? And every time, there just wasn't something that I thought that was meaty enough for her. So then, when Bad Blood came around for Batwoman, I just thought, well, "What about Yvonne Strahovski?" You know, and and that was right before she had. I think she had either had just started the was it the Handmaid's uh, uh, series or 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 before it, but I can't remember. But but now she's like super huge. But uh, but like her and also like Constantine, like for example, um, um, Matt my God, I'm blanking. Like the fans are gonna be like, you're not a true fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my God. I'm. Anyways, the live action actor from for um, Constantine. Uh, when I got Justice League Dark, the first thing I asked is, well, can I get him?" Because I loved his, loved him in the series. And I'm totally apologizing now because I'm. He's gonna listen to this and be like, Jay, you're such a wanker. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my first name? Uh, oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up right now. But you guys go ahead. Ask the next question. Good enough. Is it is is it Matt Ryan? Is that his Matt name? Matt Ryan. Yeah. There, there we go. Okay. Matt you saved if you're it. listening to this, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's late here. It's like almost ten o'clock in LA. So yeah, and it's been a while. So God, um, I'm I am i am so terrible at names. <laughs> all right, it's all right.
0: Um so yeah, like I, I feel like maybe this is just an art circle, but I feel like the I saw an Arkham movie is one of the more popular DC anime movies. At least that, that's that's why I keep really? seeing people talking about
2: I don't know. I see, a I, mean, lot of, I
0: see a lot of praise for it anyway.
2: When it came out, like I got a lot of hate for it just because really? people were like, they're like, why is this a Batman film when Batman's not in it? And and I got, yeah, I saw a lot of negativity, especially on the reviews. Oh, uh, when it first came. Out. I mean, I think it turned out really great. And it's yeah. later on that I, that I heard that more people liked it. So I'll put it up there as,
1: as a win on, on mine. My... <laughs> <There you laughs> <Yeah, go>. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. It's an incredible film. And like I said, like I, I Whenever I talk to someone just about like Suicide Squad, they're like, "Did you see that other Suicide Squad movie?" It's like, "What do you What do you mean? There's another one?" They're like, "Assault on Arkham." I was like, "Of course, they That's always the put <laughs> they always put that one ahead because it is, it feels like what that that live action." And I'm not I'm, I don't mean to disparage the filmmakers or Warner Brothers, but what you did with Assault on Arkham is what we as fans have always wanted for that Task Force X. Like, how, like, there was enough, there was just enough Batman. Mm-hmm. There, was an, there was amazing sequences with uh, Deadshot and Harley Quinn. And then we see the Joker. Like, Joker is in the movie a lot compared yeah. to, like, the Leto version. Like, like I said, and that's not to disparage. Like, I know making films are hard, but, like, if someone's like, hey, do you want to watch Assault on Arkham? Hell yeah! Do you want to watch Suicide Squad? Uh... <laughs> it's, uh, the Olympics are on. I'm no, I'm watching the Olympics. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's funny is that um,
2: whenever I I tackle these films, especially if it's something that uh, they have, it's not like super popular. You know, like for example, when I did um, Flashpoint Paradox, right? At the time, nobody really liked Flashpoint Paradox, the series, just because it was the kind of like. Uh, lead into the new 52 so they just kind of thought of it as just kind of this kind of you know this is just a way to get us into the new 52 and so when I took it I just thought well you know what let's just have fun with this and just and I I read as many of the comics as I could and try to implement it into the into the story um and and come up with something brand new and I told my crew if they ever did a live action movie about the Flash I want them to look at this film as reference. And so I wanted to do so many different things than what had come before with The Flash, you know, because again, this is the, his one time to have his own solo film. So I thought, well, this is me stepping up to bat for The Flash and Barry Allen. How can I knock it out of the parks to make sure, to show the world that he's he can be a leading actor, right? I mean, a leading character. And of course now, Flash is everywhere. You know, yeah. <laughs> you have got the CW series. You got here, you know, with Ezra and Justice League. I mean, he's he's big. And I like to say that it's all because of my little film. You know, because I showed the Flash doing things that you may not have seen too often, or you know, you did see but never in all in one film. And they're
1: they're making a Flashpoint film. Mm-hmm. so i know you, um, and
2: I, that's why i'm, I'm telling warner Bros. like you know you can call me for that right i mean <laughs> i'm always available i don't know why they don't call me but uh but yeah i mean uh if they they do uh, hopefully they'll look at my movie as reference um i'd rather them call me and hire me but that's uh I, even if they use it as reference and get an homage I'd, I'd still be happy
1: i think i think they they're going to uh be referenced in Flashpoint Paradox, and hey, you never know—you might be bored in that movie too. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> sure. what's
2: funny is that I, I boarded on the—I did a lot of the the, the Flash TV show. I start—I did from first season till about now. Um, I've done all of most of the VFX of so when they did the Flashpoint sequences or when they did like Zoom versus versus Flash, I was like, oh, I've done this before. You know, I did this on Flash. <laughs> so, then I thought, well, what did I always want to do in Flashpoint? But I couldn't do this because of time constraints or whatever. So that's what I, we tried to do in the show. You know, I did a lot of the King Shark sequences in the Flash TV show. So I got to do King Shark, like, you know, the real-looking look, real looking King Shark. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was cool. I mean, it's nice being able to bounce back between, you know, live action and animation.
1: Um, is, there, is there a... So we talked about, like, Assault on Arkham and how you, can you got... Like, how Warner Bros. just, like, picked you. But how long... So the script was already written. Did you? Did you? Did when you when you're doing your animation when you're boarding like like you said before like you do a lot of boarding for animation. Do are you trying to add things to it or is the script because it's like what I love so much about Assault on Arkham is that there's many layers to it, right? Mm -hmm. It's there. There's the there's the. It's hilarious. I love that they use Yahtzee all the time. Like, there's some, (laughs) some winks and some like some adult themes in it Mm -hmm. with Yahtzee and everything. But are you always trying to add to that to that script to make it as polished, or is the script itself like like pretty much already there? Uh, just like with
2: any story, the the script is always like the bones. Um, if you read even like the most highest films, like uh, let's say you read Titanic by James Cameron, for example, I'm sure there are a lot of di- differences between the original script to what you saw on the screen. So for for example, on Assault in Arkham, uh the bones that Heath Corson had laid out about how it starts in the middle and the end, I kind of just followed. Uh, a lot of the dialogue is is kind of there. Some of it we did change, you know, just to kind of, for example, uh, Harley and um, and uh, Deadshot didn't really have sex originally. You know, like I mean, it was it was maybe kind of alluded to that she stayed in his room, but it was never. But we kind of cut away from that. And I just thought, no, you know what? We should we should do this thing where we cut outside and we just hear them like crashing into stuff. And then and then she she had already said Yahtzee earlier. Uh, I think when she, um, when Waller was in there. So I just thought, well, why don't we grab that Yahtzee and have it there? Of course, you know, when we brought the actress in later, she she redid it, but I just thought that'd be kind of a great kind of like, you know, button for the sequence just to have her yell out Yahtzee. Um, so <laughs> stuff like that, that again, you know, I go in and I, I try to feel out what the script needs uh, uh, scene-wise, you know, so for example, the ending is, was very different. Originally what it was, was, Batman was supposed to be hanging upside down uh, with the bomb underneath the helicopter while Joker and 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 Deadshot were um, in the uh, were fighting. And Batman was supposed to be hanging upside down as he defuses this bomb. And I had just done Dark Knight Returns, you know, part one and two and he disarmed a bomb in five seconds or two seconds he just comes over does that little usb thing and it's disarmed right and i just thought you know i don't i don't buy the fact that it takes batman this long and you know to disarm this bomb while this big epic fight is happening above him and so one of the things i always like to do with all my films is to have everybody doing something you know where uh you know for example in bad blood i wanted you know to split up the team, but each one had to overcome their obstacle, whatever, whoever they were fighting in order for them to all accomplish. Because if one person lost, then then everyone would have lost. So I wanted to kind of uh, add that. So in in the movie, I changed it where Batman's following them in the Batwing and, you know, Joker and, and Batman are, I mean, Joker and um, Deadshot are fighting, because in the original script, it was only just staying that it was supposed to just be in that helicopter, and I just thought, mm, you know, this helicopter isn't that interesting. So I wanted—I had just seen Skyfall, and I wanted—I wanted to do an homage to Skyfall, and so I thought, you know what, this helicopter should crash into a skyscraper that it's being kind of built, and then, and it's another homage to Die Hard because that that floor that they crashed land is, is is like the floor where. Um, uh McClane gets the glass shot out and he breaks in and he cuts his feet because it's still being uh built and so I w- and I wanted to have to slow down the pace so that uh Joker and Deadshot had a real a real fight you know not something that's just like oh we're just fighting and then oh the helicopter explodes uh I wanted to have this really kind of you know seeing two bad guys fight is very interesting and two mm-hmm. bad guys you don't normally see Deadshot versus Joker is something you rarely ever see mm-hmm. and I just thought this would be a great time to really showcase, you know, why the Joker is so deadly, and also why Deadshot's so deadly, you know, and 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 so you, I wanted to kind of, you know, create and craft the choreography for that ending to be a little bit more robust um, than what it was originally it was written. So there's a lot of things, you know, if you ever talk to Heath, he'll probably say that Jay changed a lot of it, but. <laughs> you know but again i i used his bones and, and the structure that he had on there and kind of you know made it kind of work as best as i could
0: so the the batman's rogue Scaler is very large very diverse definitely one of the mm-hmm. the most diverse of any fictional worlds in a way uh, with that being said there's still a lot of potential there that you could draw from um so would you ever have any interest in doing some sort of a follow up or some sort of oh yeah other I, had, movie? Uh, I had i had so, already
2: expressed to james tucker um that I already know what to do for a sequel for um, for Assault on Arkham. They, they just gotta hire me. <laughs> <laughs> but I have it already worked out. I mean, it, it fits into the video games. It fits into um, you know the film that I had done, and I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I just can't say anymore. But hopefully they'll they'll bring me back for. But yeah, I had One already thought sense. of like what to do for if we if I did get
1: the chance to do Assault on Arkham two
0: possibilities
1: Uh, please let that happen now did were the in the script were all the all the members of the suicide squad were they already in there or did you did you trade any out within like you're making like well i think this is more a king shark more this is kg beast or Uh, or those already kind of i
2: yeah uh, yeah keith and and James had already ironed out who was gonna be on the team uh, prior to me getting on. so um it was all I was more responsible to uh, like how they were gonna look and they're kind of like how they fight and how they move throughout the, the, the choreography wise. but but Keith and James, I know they they had you know gone through their list of who should we get and who's a fan favorite, who can we kind of use new and who's gonna die? like who can we kill that won't piss off too many fans?. <laughs> uh, So that's the kind of thing they had kind of ironed out prior to to me kind of, like, you know, starting.
1: Well, what's great about them is they all have their individual, like, moments of, like, so they they all kind of, like, fight each other. But they all have, like, their individual moments of character Mm -hmm. that is so interesting is that you don't get in a lot of these animated, like, I can't remember what the last animated, like, Marvel or whatever it was, but I was just like, man, it's just missing, and that's what you're able to bring is you're able to bring these these moments where it's like it's almost of like self doubt within their characterization, but but they're able to kind of like work through it, and even with it's even more interesting with the villains because the almost the entire film the villains are fighting each other, they're always at odds, they're never mm-hmm. there's only brief moments where they're kind of like working together like the moment where they're all like being zapped in the they're in that like king arthur's like uh, that's how i kind of think of that scene they're at the king arthur like circle and they're <laughs> all kind of like all right well this is how we're gonna do this and they zap each other and then there's that moment where head, heads explode. it's like they all have the, and especially in that sequence they all have that that moment was there a was there a mandate from DC to say, all right, you're pushing a little too heads are exploding, Jay. We can't do this. <laughs> or or were they like, go for it? They can curse like their heads can explode. You know, what's funny is
2: that like uh it wasn't until Killing Joke that they finally gave the thumbs up for a rated R, but I would have loved if I had known that I could do a rated R, you know, film, I would have just gone full on R. Like if I had known Just like Dark could be R, I would have gone a lot more, you know. Uh, kind of scary, I would have pushed it more like an R-rated horror film, but for Assault and Arkham and even all the other films I did prior to that, you know, we were always skirting the PG-13, you know, like, even Flashpoint, we have that big hole in, in uh, Thon's head. <laughs> uh, so, a lot of, so at that time, you know, I would just be like, hey, James, um, this is what I want to do. Uh, let, let's try it, you know. Uh, but other times, James was the one who actually wanted a bigger hole. Like we had a smaller kind of caliber hole, but James was like, "No, I want to have this big hole." And he actually drew what how big he wanted it. Uh, and uh, and so in assault, you know, for example, like you know, it, it, we didn't really. It, it wasn't. It was only merely slightly implied that Deadshot and Harley had sex, but we just thought, you know, let's just go, just go for it, you know. Because uh, here's the thing. These the the characters are all bad guys. They're all villains. So they're the none of them are holier than thou and have kind of morals or whatnot. So they're going to do whatever they have to do to get whatever they want. And in the case with Harley and and uh, Deadshot, you know, for me it was one of those things where you know I really wanted to play Harley a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. In a, in a sense that if you look at where she was, she was at this like halfway house because I wanted her. The 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 backstory to me that I was always kind of trying to, you know, instill to my crew was that the last job that happened, uh, Joker kicked Harley out of out of the van, the getaway van or something like that. And he got away and she got captured. And so she's kind of like bitter towards him, but she's still kind of like, you know. Weirdly in love with him still, and but I also the idea is that it's a toxic relationship. So it's like I, I you know, I, she's not like a, you know a, abused wife, but it's that battered wife syndrome kind of thing where mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of have that edge to her where uh, she's hurt, but but all throughout the movie, even at the very end, you're not quite sure where she's gonna go. Is she gonna go for the Joker? is She gonna go for Deadshot? Or the way I like to see it is she's her own woman and she has her own motives of what she really wants, and she's just playing all these guys against each other. You know, so these are the kind of things that um, as I went through the script, you know, uh, I thought, okay, let's, how do we, how do we enhance this even more? So for example, uh, Deadshot's daughter, you know, um, that was never in the script. So mm-hmm. I added that because for me, the, the the appeal to Deadshot is the fact that he's got this daughter. It's this guy who, who's like a terrible, like terrible villain, but is he has a soft spot for his daughter and and he wants the best for her. So the idea, so I added the thing where like in the beginning, when you see he's looking at, he's reading that book and there's a photo of his daughter. And at the very end, when he steals, when he gets in the helicopter, he's going to go pick up his daughter from whatever orphanage is or whatever. That's his plan. But then he, then Joker's there, you know, Uh, because in the original script, I think Joker gets on a helicopter and then Deadshot chases him, gets on a helicopter and chases him. And then, uh, Boomerang and um, uh, and heart. and no, I'm sorry. Boomerang and Frost are in another helicopter, and there's three helicopters. And then Batman comes in, and I just thought, mm, I it just didn't feel right, and uh, and so I wanted to, and that's why like uh, Killer Frost dies, like she dies in that explosion. Although she might have turned herself frozen, so she'll show up in the sequel maybe. Uh, but but the idea is that. You know, I needed, again, Heath had set up the bones. And, and, and I had to set up this idea that, you know, um, they're in a helicopter and Joker and Deadshot have to fight inside this helicopter. So I set it up. Well, you know, what? Joker, I mean, uh, Deadshot gets to the helicopter because he's like, I'm getting out of town. Right. The All the inmates are out. No one's going to catch me. Batman's, you know, still busy with the Joker. This is my chance to get out of town because there's a bomb that I know that's in Gotham and my daughter's in Gotham. I'm going to just get it and get out. Because again, he doesn't really, you know, he's like a honey badger. He just gives zero Fs about any of these people, right? But then that's, it fit perfectly because then I'm like, oh, great. Joker's stowed away in that same helicopter. And now we can still set up the same kind of beats that originally that was in the script, but still add to it, you know, but add that kind of layer of, you know, who Deadshot is. So he's a little bit more empathetic as a character. Um, and a little bit more heroic, but at the same time, still stay stay true to who he uh, his nature is as you know as this kind of supervillain.
0: You're just planting the seeds there for potential sequel. <laughs> <laughs> it's all there. Well, well, yeah, I will tell you this: it would still
2: focus on on Deadshot, so you'd have a focus with Deadshot. He'd be brought in again, um, and also the other thing that I was trying to, uh, and I think you guys probably got this, is is that Boomerang, Harley, and Deadshot have been. On the Suicide Squad in the past, but only Deadshot is the only one that has been on every single team. So every time uh, uh, Waller has a Suicide Squad mission, uh, Deadshot's in it. So you you would I would set up the fact that you know everybody in the teams
1: will always die, or but he's always the one that always keeps getting, <laughs> getting brought back by Waller. So I have a question about the Joker. So you have the iconic Joker from The Dark Knight Returns. How are you trying to make this Joker? I'm trying to word this correctly because it's such a loaded question. I already know it, but like it's like something i been thinking about. Different yeah, different. like like you made like the Joker in the Dark Knight Returns is so iconic, and you were able to capture mm-hmm. exactly what I had always imagined the Joker would be. But when you, when we see Assault on Arkham, we see this very classic version. Mm-hmm. Of the character, were you at all at times wanting to like, well, maybe we can make him older, or was it always something that you're like, all right, we already we kind of like did that version of the Joker. Let's just try to go into something a little bit different direction because I love both ver- versions of your Joker. Like, you have the like like the Dark Knight Returns is like the sequence. You know, there's so many. Yes. Like- <laughs> Tunnel but like, is pretty good. <laughs> the, the tunnel sequence is incredible. But what there are so many ac- incredible moments in, in in Assault on Arkham as well. Like the the moment, like we we see, you see him kind of like he's like j- all decked out like purple suit and everything, and he sees sees who he thinks is spoilers is Batman, mm-hmm. but it's not Batman. And he and he's like overjoyed, but when he looks and he sees that it's not Batman it's like he like there's a moment where you can see like how heartbroken he is he doesn't get that that <laughs> moment so when when you were you know like it's so hard to ask this question but it's it's such an interesting dichotomy you were able to how are, what what were you thinking i guess my question is what were you thinking were you thinking like all right i already did that dark knight returns let's go back to like a younger more classical version of the joker or or how, how did that process work? Because th- this might be my favorite version of the animated uh, animated version of the Joker, just because it feels like there's so many different mm-hmm. eras that you were able to bring. Like, obviously, I love the Mark Hamill from the animated series and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, but for some reason, it felt like it had kind of like this Heath Ledger to Lieber Mayo look to it. Mm-hmm. But then it also had this, like, classic... Like, Neil Adams feel? Like, there's so much going on.
2: Well, the, the way that I approach all of these films, unless it's, like, in, in in continuity, like my, you know, Son of Batman films kind of stuff, or Justice League War, um, when it's just these kind of one-offs, that's when I kind of get to have some fun because I could do something different. And for me, it's always I want to try something different, you know? Um, so with The Dark Knight Returns, for example, um, I wanted to have a Joker who... who Basically, uh, got bored after Batman retired. He kind of, in my head, he turned himself in. He just one day he just showed up at the precinct and be like, "Turn me in," you know. <laughs> and then while he was in jail, he just turned into this comatose state, you know. So he gets put into, you know, the rehabilitation of Arkham, and uh, because I think, you know, he his 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 greatest, you know, rival, uh, the person that you know he most loves in this world, is out of the game, and so he's like. There's nothing else that, that, that thrills me. So when Batman comes back and Dark Knight Returns I wanted to have a character who basically like he hasn't killed anybody in a very long time and he's been itching and he knows that this is going to be the thing that, that, that's going to push Batman over the edge to basically kill him because Joker wants Batman to break his one rule of no killing and have him and have be the Joker be the one because then like you saw in the film is that he wins. Because he you know, he 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 wants Batman to be framed for his death and and that this would be his ultimate way of saying, I win, you know. And and so I wanted to really play that up. That's why he's going around and he's just shooting everybody. And 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 when he the only thing that I did bring over into Assault on Arkham was that I wanted joker to be very um because he does a lot of card tricks so i wanted him to have very uh, nimble fingers so that's why when he pulls out the switchblade and he twirls it around and he's stabbing batman so uh because everybody knows that once batman gets a hold of joker joker's over you know like it's yeah. just it's a lot of <laughs> joker's going face pounded so i had to figure out a way well even if if batman gets into hand-to-hand with joker how can i keep it a little bit balanced how can i balance the playing field well again i added the blades you know and also, you know the fact that Joe, if you watch Dark Knight Returns, Joker is stabbing in the same location that Batman is shot in, because you know Batman's got got yeah. body armor. But if you notice, he's shiving him in the same spot, like around that same area. So <clears throat> he already, he's already Batman's already at a disadvantage, you know, for that fight. So going into uh, Assault on Arkham, for me. It was a little bit easier in a sense that um, we had the video games as our basis. So again, I played the video games. I kind of know how how Joker was. And the thing is with the video games, I mean, I love what Rocksteady did. Is that it's it's very brutal, right? The way that, it, but it's this kind of realistic, you know, grungy br- brutality uh, brutality to the world that is very appealing. A lot of people like that. It's cool. It's not the animated series where it's very slick. It's not Justice League. It's a very kind of you know, Grand Theft Auto type of world. And uh, and so the way I approached Joker was, you know, to take him up a notch. So, again, he was voiced by Mark Hamill, and, and it's based very much on a very Hamill classic Joker, but I wanted to add that edge, that kind of, um, you know, uh, brutality that the games had, you know, but with a little bit of refinement and sophistication uh, and... To there and add the layers in there. The idea is that what I really with Joker in this film, if you watch, he is really a force of chaos. Again, it's like the Heath Ledger thing where he just he just wants to see the world burn, you know. And anybody gets in his way, you know, he he'll take him out. And that's how that's why I thought it was really great that when they did break into Arkham, that technically Joker is the one that that messes up the plan, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I like the fact that the plan was messed up not by Batman. By another villain who is totally separate, that is not even part of the original, you know, a lot of the original plot, you know. And uh, I really liked that. I really like that. That was something that like I really kind of uh, grabbed onto, and I thought, okay, now, how can we uh, really, you know take this up a notch, you know and and ramp it up and 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 make and make the the main antagonist at the end of the film Joker. You know, prior to that, it was just about them against each other. But at the very end, it switches to Joker because Joker is basically going to, he has a dirty bomb, he's going to blow everything up, you know, and I just thought, oh, it's, it all fits, you know, it all kind of fit nicely, and like I said, Heath had laid it out quite well, and so I just took it and be like, okay, well, now let, let me have fun with it, now how can I how can I make this so that there's some fan-favorite stuff, like, you know, uh, how like him whistling jingle bells and being just gleefully shooting people, or when he shows up and he says, you know, uh, I think he says, I'm back, bitches, or something like that, I can't remember. Yes. <laughs> And then he throws the marbles. You know, that was my return. Of the Joker callback with when he throws the marbles that blow up. I thought that's you know always cool. Um, so it's stuff like that. That again, um, whenever I try to tackle these characters, I try to give them something new that I haven't seen before, but still something classic that people can still kind of recognize, and and hopefully they like the version that I you know I come up with.
0: So I really like how uh, at least from what we've heard from you today that the Arkham games. Were a very big inspiration for the *Assault in Arkham* movie. Um, have you ever looked at the other part of the Arkham games as like inspiration for some of your other movies, by any chance? Have you taken any little bits and pieces from them?
2: Um, let me think. Probably. I mean, there's always, there's always. Uh, I mean, because I play a lot of video games and I watch a lot of movies and I read a lot of books, so I kind of cherry pick things here and there, you know, mm-hmm. things that I think is, oh, that's kind of cool, that's kind of nice, I've never seen that before, and I'll just file it away. I, I think the, the thing, I picked that up originally from, there was Jackie Chan was doing an interview, and they asked Jackie, um, where do you get all your ideas for these stunts? And Jackie's like, well, I have this little notebook, and whenever I, I'm, you know, at the supermarket or some location, and he'll be like, oh, this would be kind of cool for a stunt, and he'll just jot down an idea for a stunt. He doesn't know what a movie is for. He just, and he has this notebook of all these different ideas of what he wants to do. So when he gets the script, he'll go through his notebook and be like, hmm, I think that kind of, that that that's kind of cool. And so that's what I kind of do is I have this Rolodex in my brain where, you know, I just kind of file away cool things that I've seen uh, or read or heard about. And then when I'm reading a script, I'll be like, oh, this would be a perfect time to do that. You know, like for example, um, uh, oh, uh, Green Lantern, Emerald Knights. The I did the I did the Mogo one and the Lyra, the Lyra um, one where she fights her father. But the the animation on that didn't turn out as well as I thought. But the idea that a Green Lantern would change weapons. As she's fighting, instantaneously is something that I thought that's really cool because you've never really seen it. Normally, it's just like here's a boxing glove or here's a bear trap mm-hmm. or here's a they're just firing lasers, and, and have Lyra having this kind of martial arts background and kind of this Asian kind of you know motif to it. I just thought you know it'd be kind of cool if she as she's fighting her father, you know he's morphing his weapon to you know to what he needs, but she's doing the same thing with her ring, and I got that from God of War because I was nice. playing a lot of God of War and I was like. okay, <laughs> Kratos does this and that. And I just thought, you know, this would be really cool if I actually saw this, you know, and did it. And so, yeah. That's so (laughs) So bad. Everything I do, I I try to influence everything, you know.
1: I have one more question, then I'll let you get on with your evening. So, the big. I guess the MacGuffin, I don't even know if it's really a MacGuffin, but, so they're looking, in Assault on Arkham, they're looking for the Dirty Bomb. Was it your idea, or was it already in the script that the Dirty Bomb spoilers was in Harley's mallet? Was that, was that something that you came no, up with? The, the, uh,
2: the, that was always in the script,
1: but I added the whole,
2: cut the red wire, like, where the sign's in there, and everything's all red wires. You know, like when he opens it up and there's that, like, oh, it's taped in there, it's the red wire, and then, and then it's all red. And then, so I, I put that in there. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness.
2: But like I awesome. said, the script was originally, that was already, the, the, the idea is that the the, the the mallet was always the bomb. It's, that, is, that was,
1: I, I, So I hadn't seen it for, you know, like a, maybe a couple months, but I was like, man, I wonder who came up with That's such a good idea to have it because everyone's looking for it, but it's in the most obvious location. He yeah. has it. She has it. So I'm like, <laughs> I really want to know who came up with that idea. And then they looking at, like, I I guess I didn't even notice it until you just said it that everything was red. But I yeah, guess you know, I'm I think, gonna. Yeah. So, when I watched it again, I was like, damn, that's ingenious too. Why? Why are they? Why? oh
2: because yeah, I like, you know, because, you know, those movies, it's like, cut the red wire, and there's always, like, all these different colors in one red. And I just thought the Joker would already say, this is how you disarm it, but there's, like, a shitload <laughs> of red wires.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> but the oh. thing is, is
2: that it's Batman, so he knows exactly how to disarm it. But anybody else would just, you know, kind of freak out at it.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love this movie so much. I'm really hoping that... Uh, I hope that DC, Jeff Johns, Warner Brothers gives you... Like I said, Teen Titans, Young Justice, one of those films, I really think that you have a great understanding of the character of Robin. Um, like any number of Robins. So if there's ever just like a Robin family movie, like I just think like obviously they're doing Nightwing, but I just like you have the flair for the cinematic in every film that you've done. Dark Knight Returns, Assault on Arkham. You did Batman versus Robin too, right? Yeah, Yeah. Flashpoint. When, Flash when, point. when, yeah. when when Robin pulls down the, the, uh, cape and starts punching. The, oh yeah. Right yeah. We pull, I'm yeah. just like, man, why? <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really hoping that at some point they, they get smart and like, let's give it to this guy. He knows there, there's a following. There. So, um, that's going to be it for, for episode one tonight.
0: Also, before we close with the show, I do want to give a big shout out to our two current patrons of this month. We have Cedric Ramos and Ali Gazelbich. Thank you so much for your continued support. And have a good evening, everybody.